Well, it's happening, food eaters. This is Mel Weinstein, host of the Food Labels Revealed podcast and the self-professed prophet of processed foods. This is episode number 35 in the monthly series. In this abbreviated episode, you will learn about some of the online resources that I use when I want to find information about processed food ingredients and their nutritional properties. You may want to make note of these sources for future reference. For newcomers to the podcast, here's some information about me. I have a 30-plus year background in chemistry education, food testing, and food chemical research. And for much of that time, I've had a fascination, some may call it a brain fixation, with processed foods, what's in those foods, and how they may be affecting our health. I look behind the commercial food curtain at all of those strange, hard to pronounce, and sometimes dangerous ingredients that wind up in many of the foods stocked on the shelves of our grocery stores. At the end of the previous episode, I mentioned that I would be revisiting breakfast cereals this month. However, uh, I've had some medical issues to deal with, so I'll postpone that subject until next month. For today, I want to talk about researching information. I know Google and other search engines are always at our fingertips for answering questions, but sometimes you need to poke around for a while before you find the answer, and sometimes the answer may elude you. It's nice to have some go-to, reliable online resources when it comes to processed foods and nutrition, so they're right at your fingertips. I want to mention some of the most useful ones that I've come across. They are in no particular order. You may notice that this is a short episode, but it will be packed with information. Note that all the references will be provided in the program notes. By far, the number one resource you should be aware of is the United States Department of Agriculture, the USDA, Food Composition Database. Almost 250,000 foods, quarter of a million, are included in the database our government at work for us. For example, speaking of cereals, let's say you want to look up Kellogg's Apple Jacks. After opening the link, type in Kellogg's in the keyword search box. A drop-down list will appear where you, can, where you can select the Apple Jacks cereal. The database page that appears provides the UPC code Proximates, that is basic constituents like protein, carbs, fiber, etc., lists of minerals and vitamins, and lipids, the fatty components like fatty acids and cholesterol. The nutrient values are determined on the basis of a serving size of 100 grams. That's about 3.52 ounces. But you can input any amount in grams and hit the enter button to customize the table. Also, at the bottom of the page, an ingredients list is provided with a date indicating when it was last changed by the manufacturer. For this example, I can see that a 100 gram serving of Apple Jacks provides 381 kilocalories of energy. Now, a kilocalorie unit is the same as a calorie unit, that's calorie, calorie with a capital C, that you see on food labels. So 381 kilocalories is the same as just 381 calories. Confusing. Yes, I know, but that's just the way it is. The scientific measure of the energy unit calorie 
is one thousandth of a food calorie. It's interesting to note that at the time of this podcast, January 2019, there was a header message on the website page that read, quote, due to a lapse in federal funding, this USDA website will not be actively updated. Once funding has been reestablished, online operations will continue. End quote. That's an obvious reference to the Trump administration's government shutdown. All right, number two reference. Another USDA reference site that you might find of interest is the new products page of the Economic Research Service. Here you can find some stats and graphs about food trends in the United States. For example, when you drill down the page, you'll see a listing of the introductions of new food products in 10 different categories. For example, if you're wondering about gluten-free products, you'll notice that in 2009, there were 3.5% of the total new products that were gluten-free. But by 2016, there were 7.7%, a doubling in about seven years. Also for GMO-free products, uh, they went from 0.9 to 4.7%, indicating the public's need to know about genetically modified ingredients in the foods they were eating. Here's number three. So you want to know about food additives. That's the purview of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. Head on over to their webpage entitled Food Additive Status List and then scroll down. You'll see thousands and thousands of food additives listed alphabetically. Only some of the additives have descriptions. So you might have to do additional digging to find out how the additive is used. However, the additives that are grass, that is generally recognized as safe, are tagged. These chemicals were mostly grandfathered when the list was created back in the late 1950s, since they had been in use for many years without reported medical issues. Next to each chemical is a CFR number, which stands for Code of Federal Regulations. So you can look up the details behind an additive by searching on the code number. If you want to know about food colorings, which are frequently in the news, there are separate lists for those chemicals. But the FDA really makes it hard on you uh, for finding those lists. I had to open an additional three pages before I found the list entitled Listing of Color Additives Subject to Certification. When you click on a color additive, you'll be taken to a page where you'll find pretty much everything you need to know about the coloring. Number four. Another very informative FDA website is Substances Added to Food, formerly called Everything Added to Food in the United States. Here you'll find a similar list of food additives, but more information is provided. Some of the listings provide uses for the additive, such as flavoring, agent, stabilizer, processing aid, etc., if you want to dig into the safety of the chemical, a CAS number is provided on the left side of the table. CAS stands for Chemical Abstract Service, and you can Google this number to look up a safety specification sheet and get even more information 
about the chemical. If you click on the name of the chemical, it will hyperlink to a page which will give you alternative names for it. For example, clicking on adipic acid shows that it's also called hexane dioic acid or 1,4-butane carboxylic acid. Here's a fifth reference. There's a web page that just deals exclusively with ingredients and bread products. It's called Bakerpedia. Here you will find an alphabetical listing of all the things that are used in the baking industry. For example, if I click on ammonium sulfate, a page pops up telling me what it is, the origin, function, composition, application, and nutrition. There's a ton of information at this website, so I suggest checking it out. Number six, if you're a foodie and want to be conscious about what you consume, Whole Foods Market has a page entitled Unacceptable Ingredients for Food. Here's a statement from their page, quote, Below is the list of ingredients that we find unacceptable in food. In other words, we won't sell a food product if it contains any of these. Based on new findings, the list may change, but we can proudly say that compromising our standards is also unacceptable, end quote. It's encouraging to note that they won't sell any foods containing artificial preservatives like BHA, BHT, or benzoates, or artificial sweeteners like asulfame K, aspartame, or sucralose. Number seven. Another website for looking up nutritional information is nutritionvalue.org. You can type in any food name, such as fig, then select the form, for example, raw fig, and click on search. You will see nutrition facts label and a graphical breakdown of the main components like fat, protein, and carbs. Also, you'll find lists of vitamins, minerals, fatty acids, amino acids, and other components. Here's number eight. If you're wondering about the U.S. government's recommendations for American diets, you can check out the 2015 to 2020 dietary guidelines. Here the government is promoting the My Plate guidelines for daily intakes of veggies, fruits, grains, dairy, and protein. The last category, protein, is pretty weird since there are no categories called carbs or fats, the other macronutrients. Protein is given a special place at the table. At this website, you'll see some equivalents provided, such as what a half cup of green beans looks like versus a half cup of spinach. The recommended daily portions of these food groups is provided based on the standard 2,000 calorie diet, including a list of the nutrients provided. Additionally, you'll find information about special topics like saturated fat, cholesterol, trans fat, sodium, and alcohol. And here's number nine. I've mentioned in previous episodes that some foods have a standard of identity which the federal government ascribes to the foods. For example, a manufacturer of ice cream cannot simply advertise their product as ice cream or slap that on the label unless it meets the criteria established by the Code of Federal Regulations. Check out this list if you want to know which foods have standards of identity and what they are. Other examples with identities are milk and milk products, margarine and fruit pies. 
Yes, there must be a certain amount of fruit in a pie for it to be labeled as a fruit pie. And finally, number 10. The Europeans have their own system for tracking processed food additives. It's called an e-numbering system. Sometimes you can find more information about an additive by using this reference number than in the references provided earlier. The list provided is alphabetical by name, but it includes a hyperlink for the E number. For example, on the first page, listed additives starting with A, let's look at aluminum calcium silicate whose number is E555. Clicking on the E555 hyperlink brings up a descriptive page telling you what it's used for. It's an anti-caking agent and the side effects, which there are none, and its restricted use, which there is none. Well, it's time to close this show. To all you food eaters out there in podcast land, I appreciate you taking the time to tune in. If you have a little more time, I'd greatly appreciate a review, good, bad, or indifferent, at the iTunes store. You can find all the episodes of Food Labels Revealed and their show notes at the hosting website called Podbean. That's at www.podbean.com. Or just by Googling Food Labels Revealed. And it should show up on the first results page. And of course, you can always listen to the podcast on your smartphone or tablet by downloading a podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Stitcher or a host of others too numerous to mention. If you have a question or comment on anything about food ingredients or this podcast or just want to say hello, you can drop me a line at foodlabelsrevealed at gmail.com. That's foodlabelsrevealed, all one string, at gmail.com. If you think your family, friends, coworkers, or acquaintances might be interested in this podcast, tweet or post a link through your social media outlets to get the word out. Don't forget that the references provided in this podcast are available in the show notes located at the Podbean hosting website. Lastly, I have a Facebook page that is an adjunct to the podcast. Usually several times a week, I post a news item related to food ingredients, processed foods, and food trends. Just search in Facebook under Food Labels Revealed Podcast. Please give it a like when you get a chance and feel free to share the posts and comments. Next month, I returned to my roots. The original idea for this podcast started with my curiosity about the nutritional value of cereals for kids and what ingredients were used to make them. The first episode was called Breakfast, Kellogg's versus Mom's Cereal. That was two and a half years ago. In the next episode, I re-examined breakfast cereals and search out the worst and the best that food companies have to offer us. Until next month, remember, if you want to eat well and keep yourself healthy, eat food mainly from natural plants, not from manufacturing plants. The outro music piece is a clip from Sneaky Snitch composed by Kevin McLeod.